0: So if you're going to hold that, hold it, hold it, and don't rub it because <laughs> you can hear the rubbing this. You can hear that.
1: Oh, you're talking about the microphone.
0: Yes, sir. Okay. What did you think I was talking about? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh my God. Yeah. Dude. What? I, the thought, I, thought, I thought he was being oh dirty on purpose, God. dude. I, thought, I, he know, I thought he was too. Oh, jeez! No, I'm not fucking Shane. Come <laughs> on. I got you. Welcome, everybody, to the Junction City Podcast. I'm your host, Dan Martinez, back from vacation. What's up? (laughs) Uh, uh, With me today, in the. Did we decide what this
2: place was called? No, because Shane was like, oh, it's this unnamed location.
0: Yeah, it made it sound super shady. Yeah. Uh, So we're back in the lair. I'm going to go with the lair for right now. Uh, With me is, to my right, Colby Peterson, Oscar Mata, the Kingmaker. Oh yes, Kingmaker stepping in. And special guest, Marcus Stevenson.
3: Yes, thanks for having me. Yeah.
0: Marcus, we're, you're, this is going to be a, a pretty Marcus show. Uh, but also you've got the lovely and talented... I mean, you don't have to say your name, but she's here with you. My girlfriend, uh, Nikki. There you go. Here, yeah, <laughs> <just> hanging out. <laughs> she's kind of just hanging out, so I didn't want to like exclude you. You know, It'd be kind of weird and rude. <laughs> um, uh, so on today's show... You know what? We've given you a lot this week. <laughs> so we're kind of cutting cutting things a little slim today. So we're gonna talk to Marcus about uh the DNC. We'll kind of get with the Kingmaker about what's gonna happen for election, because by the time you hear this, uh it'll be it's it's election day. And we might do some kind of like watch party. Uh look for that. But um We've got that in the events. We've got that in the events. Awesome. We'll go through events, uh Pinkies up, thumbs down. <sighs> But first, but first, what's, what what have you guys been up to? What are you guys been doing this week? Come on, dude, say huh? it. what's the hap hat? What's the hat? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> my wife was like, dude, what is that? And I'm like, Aww, I don't know. It's like, like it. well, she just, just asked so cool. where I got it from, and I, I I don't know. I said it one time on the show, and I like it. I liked how it sounded. So, what have you guys been doing? What what's uh? I have to say, no, Shane, no, John, which we're better off for. I feel like because you know, I mean, you. Sorry, sorry, Kobe, but last week's episode was was kinda tough.
1: Yeah, I I, know. I, I felt like I I really had to carry I That's felt fair. like I, I, re- yeah. I really had to uh, carry the, the Kingmaker. That's fair. And and it's a good yeah. thing that you
0: were there, Kobe, because, I mean no, just kidding. Uh but seriously, what have you guys been doing this week? What's
2: uh Well we had a busy week 'cause we we did the debate on Monday night and then on Wednesday night I did um the young dems meetup. Yeah. Uh, and we got to meet uh michael stevenson also from davis county really cool what guy. any so, relation yeah i don't think so no he did say that you were his brother from another mother though yes yeah, yeah. he's a cool me guy uh, do so you know michael Ke- michael's yeah. great yeah so me and the kingmaker got to hang out with him on wednesday night and yep. then i don't know halloween did you guys go for all kinds tea? of civic advocacy look at you go yeah we were busy yeah. wait we
0: as in you and uh, kingmaker was, yeah we were there both Yeah, we met. yeah, yeah. yeah nice nice anything anything of interest marcus you that you're okay talking about
1: what's going on down in sandy
3: oh um we also had uh halloween <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Was, oh wait oh, yeah <laughs> did they, the they do that nationwide that's weird I, 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 I thought it was just i thought it was county yeah i know i know um so actually no i was in class on halloween so last yeah what? did you what dress I, up to class at least no God. there was there was one person in my class dressed as charmander that Whoa. okay you, where, where so. do you go, go weaver
0: utah yeah we wildcats oh, oh wait wildcats. so you drive to, Sandy to, to Ogden Wow, that's commitment That's how much he loves Weaver State That it? is how much he loves, yeah Harvard Morning, of the you.
2: Wasatch Yes, thank <sighs> you
0: uh, Can we start using that? that dude, my buddy Zach
2: Bloxham does that on Twitter all the yeah. time, dude Harvard, Harvard of the, He's the Wasatch He's
0: running
3: for Lane City Council Yes,
2: he is Yeah, we went to high school together West I
0: don't know, man Westminster isn't Isn't Westminster? Westminster pff, No? Yeah. Okay, never mind We won't get into that uh, Okay, cool what, what did you guys do for Halloween? Anybody do anything cool? Kobe? You want to talk to us a little bit about Halloween <laughs> and
2: uh oh, I uh, delivered pizza. Do you man. know something we <laughs> don't? Well
0: no, like if you if you don't know oh, Kobe, oh, okay, okay. yeah, okay, thank you. you yeah, okay. bring it up. because so, I, I love Maddie and, and her little thing that she's been doing on so Facebook. So, or I've been following so it. Somebody so somebody was
2: pranking my wife. They were uh they would tie and so the way it started was somebody tied like a red balloon on her car. And uh, then, you know, it was like, oh, okay, that's really weird. And then this uh, pr- that uh, the same person came again and tied a, like a white balloon with Pennywise's face on it. And then the third time the person came, they left a note. And then the fourth time, they left a note on our front door. And so <laughs> Maddie was freaking out because she didn't know who it was. And she was starting to get really scared. Now, see, when
0: I'm looking through Facebook, right, and I'm kind of just scrolling through, her stuff comes up, I'm thinking this whole time, it's got to be Kobe.
2: It was not me. It's
0: got to be Kobe, right? No. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cute, you know, uh, the husband and wife thing, uh, that's cute. You know that she likes Halloween. Does she and it, 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 Does she have a thing
2: for Halloween? Yeah, man. He loves horror movies. When, okay. One of <laughs> the,
0: and the reason why I bring this up is because I want to know what happened and where, where, where you were when, um, because she had posted about this new... This other thing that was going on, right? This other balloon,
2: yeah. And I, so Dan goes on Facebook and he's like, "Oh, dude, this has happened to like three other of my friends." And then she really starts freaking out because it felt like she wasn't taking it serious. And I was
0: like, "Oh, I want to get in on this prank." No idea, it wasn't a prank.
2: Yeah, and no idea, dude. So Jason Allen messaged me uh, while he was on vacation. He was like, "Hey, man, when I get back, if you want, we can uh, fill Maddie's car with red balloons and really freak her out." I was like. I don't know, man. <laughs> I was like, maybe we'll do that. And I didn't take him up on it. But um it ended up being it was my stepdad the whole time. So he finally came like Maddie so was good. like grilling me yesterday. She was like, Who is it? Who did this? You know, and I was like, I know, I don't know. I'm playing it cool. But I had to come clean. You had to come clean? Yeah. Ah man, Probably I feel like you should have just like it let best. it die and then it comes back
0: as it too next year. Well, that's that's, that's what my stepdad was gonna man. do. Like he was gonna
2: lay low. Until God. at least Christmas
0: and then do something else. Yeah, yeah. Or or like 27 years, right?
2: Because, you know. Cicadas?
0: No, no, no. Because that's how that's, long. That's, oh, like, that's how long it goes. To yeah. Okay, yeah.
2: God, this guy. Dude, right? I saw both the films.
0: This Sorry, guy. man. <laughs> uh, you know, I came back from, I, I was off last week. Uh, I was in Mexico, Cabo, for my little sister's wedding. She had destination wedding. Dude, fantastic. Still not over it. I don't know what I'm doing here. I should be living in Mexico. Like that was awesome. It was so much fun. Um, if you ever get a chance to do a destination wedding, you should do it. Even though it's a shit ton of money,
2: I missed the boat, dude. What do you mean? Oh yeah, been married man. for eleven
0: years. Yeah, same here. I got we had a ma- I mean, no, I, I'm glad that we're married, but you know, it was just it was just a wedding. You know, it wasn't a destination wedding. Uh, but yeah, if you've got, if you're planning a wedding. Do it. Do a destination one. Um, Yeah. And then Halloween was good. Didn't really do anything for Halloween. We went trick or treating. Oh, we ran kids around. That's what we did. (sighs) Anyway. Well, let's get into this. Let's get into the show. Um... We're not doing upcoming events yet. <laughs> <laughs>
2: dude, that was John's thing, dude. dude that's he wanted so to mix weird. it up last week, and he put events, uh, like, first, and that's... Dude.
0: You know what? This is going to be a poll. We'll do we'll do a poll right now, okay? Just so that we, we know what, what this is. How do you, you, the JC peeps, want this show to be? Uh, do you like the events at the beginning, or do you like listening to the end and having it be the little, um, you know, the little cherry on top? Or would you rather it be, you know uh suppository that you take before you know you do anything else. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> That's that? That's what it is. Wow. I'm not trying to like oh, make there. it biased or anything, but do you like it that way or the other way? So let's get into the uh local news. We didn't really have anything, like I said, uh because we've been we've been kind of busy. We did the debate. That's why we've got Kingmaker here. Uh talk to us a little bit about prop three. Uh yeah. JCP held a debate. John Miles did a great job. Uh, I think the crew did yeah. a, a good. <laughs> uh, what did you think, man? What a... are what are your thoughts? I mean, this is kind of an after after fight interview, right? I yeah. mean, like this is one on one with the boxers after the fight. What, how how do you think it went?
1: Uh, I I mean, I thought it went well. I thought uh, Mr. Boyer came with his opinions and I came with, uh, facts of how the timeline is. Ooh. And, you know, the fact that, <laughs> uh, Mr. Boyer continues to say that it's going to cost over $800,000. And I, you know, just pointed out the reality of, uh, of it, that I don't know how much the study is going to cost. Mr. Boyer doesn't know how much the study is going to cost, but there is one group that's continuing to throw out a number. Um, and so, you know, at best he's, just misinformed, and at worst, he's misleading the public about it. So, I thought that was, um, you know, I, I thought it was good. Uh, it seemed like, uh, so we, one of the people that were, uh, that was in the audience was County Clerk Ricky Hatch. He's and there, I, yep. yeah, and get so, out of here.
2: Yeah, yeah we talked to him for a while after. In yeah. fact, we'll talk about a little bit more about what we talked to him about in the polls. Get get out. What Um, are we like a legit thing? I guess. Maybe we, that's Rick scary. There, yep. Um, <laughs>
1: But uh, so, he, it was interesting that uh, Boyer seemed to uh, to refer to Ricky a few times when answering the question. He asked Ricky to come up to the mic and answer instead of
2: him. Well, and so that was weird. That was a little interesting. Well, I think that it was more just like the county clerk was there because it was a question of it was a question of process, right? About if the study passes and then we get to the next step and that part gets turned down. How long before something else can get back on the ballot? And same thing for the study. If the study doesn't pass this year, Proposition 3 doesn't pass, how long before we can put it on the ballot again? It was sort of those kinds of questions for the county clerk. Okay. And he just so happened to be in the audience. Wow. Wow. Where's he getting that number from?
1: Just curious. The 800,000? Yeah. I have no idea. And Mr. Boyer didn't tell us that either. Uh, because he's saying it's over eight hundred thousand. That's what was in the uh, wait. So are program. people are
0: people just saying this? People are saying it's going to be eight hundred thousand.
1: Yeah, kind I, I that, mean, kind of that whole, I, mean, uh, I mean, any you know, any person on a study committee can rack up over eight hundred thousand dollars. Sure, but what you know, what I was saying was it goes against you know the fiscal responsibility that um, a lot of us here in Weber County have as business owners, as you know uh, families having to balance a budget. Um, and so I thought it was pretty, um, um, I just thought it was inappropriate for Gary to say it could, you know, that it was going to cost over $800,000 and that our taxes were going to, uh, be increased because of it. Um, and then you have an article, uh, coming, uh, coming out of the standard where one of the commissioners is quoting $200,000 and you know, Oh man, so that number's numbers just kind of everywhere. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, tell us what you think, JC peeps. Uh, go back through watch the video watch the the debate it's on yeah let, us, on, know. let us, on us know let us know what you think page. i mean yeah, uh, i'd like show. to hear from from our listeners what where uh where they stand on this so
1: if if your listeners say that i got my ass kicked i'm unsubscribing that's, yeah. all, I, <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's all I'm saying
0: that's okay that's okay JCP. <laughs> you can say whatever you want um all right well usually we'll take a break before but uh, I feel like we're just going to run right in through this. Uh, right, uh, thanks for doing that, by the way, Oscar, um, and letting us host something like that for uh, with you know such magnitude, right, for for the whole county. Um, but I'd like to now talk to Marcus. Okay, so Marcus, give me this rundown on what's your actual title with the the party. Part? Right. So
3: uh, well, I'll, I'll jump into it. So I, I don't have a title anymore. OK. But, um, but I used to be the vice chair of the Utah Democratic Party. Uh, and while I was a vice chair, I was also a DNC member.
0: So you used to be the vice chair of the state party, right? Yeah, Is that, state or, Democratic the Party. State Democratic Utah Party. Democratic Party, yes. OK. What did that entail? How did, you get, how did you get involved in that, I guess?
3: Yeah, so I've been involved for about seven years now. Uh, and that really, in order to, to become vice chair, you go through a process of getting what are called state delegates to vote for you. Um, and in order to meet these state delegates and campaign, you campaign for a period of a few months, um, really going to a lot of different uh, all the county parties, uh, the county democratic parties have their own county conventions. and so you travel to the county conventions across the state, go and meet p- uh, people in person and then they vote at convention. Uh, so, and then you so
0: can, you said this was like seven years ago, right? Seven I started getting involved
3: start? seven years ago. no, I was vice chair up until um, February or March of this year.
0: okay, so were you when you, Go in as this uh, the, the vice chair, right? Are you representing? You're representing all the state, or you're coming from Davis County? Like, what what is that?
3: So I'm representing all the state, but I definitely think when I was running for one of those positions, um, you know, it's as people if people who are involved in the Democratic Party here well know. Um, most of our Democratic Party is heavily focused in Salt Lake City and Salt Lake County. Um, and so when I was running, I would talk about um, being from Davis County and the importance of having representation in other parts of the state. Um, I was also the youngest vice chair uh, in the nation when I was elected, and so I would talk about my strengths in being young as well.
0: Right, that generational gap. Yep. Uh, how, how was that? because like what were you uh 20 you were like 19 at the time
3: so i was actually secretary of the utah democratic party before i was vice chair um Uh, you just
0: talked to the mic there you go so,
3: so i was secretary of the utah democratic party before i was vice chair um so when i was secretary i won that position at 20. i just turned 25 um in october um, so was secretary for two years and then ran for a two year term of vice chair. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, there was definitely this generational gap as I was running. Um, you know, most people were, were really supportive as I was running for that. Um, most people were saying, you know, uh, we need, to, uh, older generations need to get out of the way and let young people come in and lead. And I think it's a big, you know, something that's kind of constantly said in the party, in politics in general is, well, um, you're the future. The young generation is the future. And what that misses is that there's so many young people out there doing the work now who are heavily involved, who are helping candidates, um, that are involved in policy and, and politics. Um, and so, that's something that I've tried to make people more aware of too. Is that there's all these young people out there doing the work, and so for the most part, people were really receptive to that. Um, I definitely uh, had a couple of uncomfortable conversations where people <laughs> would say, "You're way too young. What are you doing? Why would you ever do this?" So. Really?
0: Wow. Because the, the Zach, right? He's he's a young guy as well. Zach for here, at Weber County. Yeah. What is he like? Nineteen yeah i think he
1: just turned nineteen so yeah. he was so like a,
0: sw- a changing of the guard at least uh in in weaver county it seems like uh and and kind of that whole changing from generation to generation Did, was there a lot of do you feel like that was something that uh um i don't know how to explain it the like getting their like pulling their experience from um, those older or, or not more, more seasoned Democrats. Like, what was that like? Because you said something about having like these awkward conversations, but like, did they end up coming around to you or like, is it still a little uh, uh, awkward so, or? So,
3: so let me, uh, I don't know if this will quite answer your question, but one of the interesting positions that I found myself in is, so running for secretary, um, You know, again, most people were supportive, but not, definitely not everybody, um, there was a lot of concern about, well, in order to have this position, you need to have X, Y, Z experience. Right. You, right. you, you, you need,
0: need to, to pay be, your dues. Kind yeah. Of thing, right? You
3: know, and for me personally, I founded the Davis County Young Democrats. I was chair of the College Democrats of Utah, um, worked on a few campaigns at that point before I had run. And so I felt comfortable about my experience, but it was convincing others that even though with my age, I had experience. Um, but what was interesting is that by the time I ran for vice chair, I was the senior most member on the Utah Democratic Party Executive Committee. So starting at secretary and people saying you don't have the experience to do this to then within two years being the person with the most experience and having people come to me asking, well, how do these things work? Because I had the most institutional knowledge at that point on our executive committee. So that
0: that just um, people not running again, like just the what, what's the... Um what's the word overturn over, turn, oh, yeah, over turn uh over, sure. what's
2: yeah. that turnover yeah, turnover,
0: turnover. yeah. what yeah. what's uh, you know
3: ahead. our our state party has quite a bit of turnover um i would say that's not necessarily the case um in other states and if you know if we talk more about the dnc that's something i can talk about a little bit um, but it is definitely you know we have two-year terms here. Um, if you're uh, the national committee man or committee woman, um, which is two, two positions on our executive committee, that's a four-year term. Um, but otherwise they're two-year terms and maybe you'll see somebody run for those terms twice. Um, we don't have term limits, but I think, as far as I know, it's pretty uncommon for anybody to run more than twice for a given position. The, that's sort
2: of standard in in Utah. Not, yeah, not yeah. I mean,
3: originally. and somebody could not follow that standard again. It's not written Oof. anywhere, but it's just not. You know, being on the executive committee of the Utah Democratic Party is not easy work, um, and so I think people kind of get burnt out after a few years.
0: Do you think that that turnover is because? You said something about other states don't uh, maybe don't follow the same type of um, I, I guess uh, track that the Utah's on but it, it, how do we make that turnover work for us or or does it work for us do you know what I'm saying like like it, it seems like there's all new people all the time
3: so I mean it's it's a good question um you know I think the Utah Democratic Party has had several conversations about this because I think there are some positives with the kind of turnover that we have because we have fresh people coming into it who are going to have different ideas and think about things differently than maybe what others are, are thinking of. Um, but it also means that we're always kind of restarting.
0: Yeah. Anytime a yeah. new
3: executive committee comes in, uh, you know, there's never a really good systems put in place. That is something that the Utah Democratic Party really lacks are systems. Uh, and so, every time we have a new executive committee come in, they kind of create their own processes yes. and systems for getting certain yes. things done, um, but it's generally not that well documented. A uh, two-year term is pretty short, I mean, it flies by uh, really quickly and you stay really busy and you're constantly having elections and, um, and so it, it, it's pretty hard to make those processes in place. I mean, you know, one uh, debate that the party had not that long ago, I think it was last year, was um, switching executive committee members. So actually, uh, so DNC positions, and again, those are uh, the National Committee man, National Committee woman, and then uh, it's also our state chair and vice chair. in a lot of states not not all of them uh, those are all four-year positions national so every state has a national uh, committee man and national committee woman Uh, those are all mandated to be four years terms Um, but other positions even if they're dnc members again like a chair and a vice chair Um, They're not mandated to be be four-year terms, but the DNC passed a resolution saying that we think that every state should consider doing four-year terms. So we're all on the same page. You have more institutional knowledge. Um, Ultimately, our state party, we have a a group, a body called the Central Committee that's held with about 200 people on it. Uh, They were given the opportunity to vote on this if we wanted to change terms. And they said no. They said they wanted to keep it as is. Um, But there were conversations about, you know, do we switch to four-year terms? Do we make it where uh, we have that we are constantly having new people come in and some people leaving? So the nice thing with having – yes, like staggering staggering them. Yeah, Yeah, staggering them. Exactly. Uh, You know, the nice thing with having some positions at four years is that when there are some members who are always on the board. Um, because there's some people there for four years and others for two, so when there there's an election in the middle of that four-year term where new people come on, so at least there's two people there, even if everybody else changes out. Yeah. Um, what but, was the
0: what was the what was the reasoning in that central committee uh, of to keep it to not of, to not go? You for know, four the years.
3: sense that I gathered is, hey, it's not broken, why fix it?
0: But it is broken. We're at a I fucking mean, minority, right? Like I, we're not even close to making a, a, an impact in a lot of these counties. What are they talking about? It's not broken. Oh wait, oh, uh, right? I mean, uh, am I crazy here? Well, so
1: I mean, I mean, you know, I I was uh, one of those uh, that uh, that were on the central committee, and you know, I I've always been of the opinion, and Marks, I'm interested to see what uh, you think of this. You know, it seemed like stuff maybe wasn't perfect but was working when we had uh state party staff and those were the and those were the individuals that had the institutional knowledge and we would be electing leaders to the state party you know maybe every 2 years and they would have a new vision new idea for the party but they could lean on the Matt Lyons the Lauren Littlefields the TJ Ellerbecks who had served you know Four plus years and multiple administrations to kind of help guide the ship in terms of institutional knowledge.
3: I, I think he's partially right on that. Um, you know, the party had an executive director, Todd Taylor, for I don't remember the exact uh, amount of years, but something like twenty plus years, um, and then unfortunately he random he, he passed suddenly. Oh. Um, which really, I mean, since then that was 2012. Um, that's really screwed up a lot of things. I mean, we had, he was really trying to bring the party um, up to date where they could, I mean, as an example, where the party could shoot and film um, candidate uh, commercials and videos in their office, buying all this technology. Um, Here we are. (laughs) He had all this stuff on his, on this computer uh, that, nobody could get access to we don't know what he had on there but documents of of processes again of this lack um somebody who had been there for so long and unfortunately ran suddenly passes it's really created um a problem and now uh, Since Oscar just
0: 2012
3: yeah i mean so we've we've had it, i'm not saying we didn't have issues before that but i'm saying as far as institutional knowledge goes um that's been a huge issue. I mean, and just in that time, we've had we're on our fourth executive director since 2012, and we had somebody for more than 20 years before that. Um, so we've had not only in board positions but with staff a ton of turnover. Uh,
0: yeah, I, I guess. I, yeah, that's. I, I'm curious to know. Did you
1: vote? Did you vote for it? Me? Yeah. You said you were the, on the central committee, the right? Four years. Yeah. No, I did not. You didn't? I did not. No.
0: I I, I okay, yeah, I don't get that. <laughs> like uh what do they mean by so it's not the, broken? So don't don't uh I guess it's like so, a don't reinvent the wheel type thing or like what do you what do they My was the my sense? reason
1: my reason uh, for that was that uh or at least my concern was four years um you know gives them a long time to you know continue to guide the ship the way they want, where two years it seems like we can always keep them in check if they're doing a great job they're going to get reelected to you know a second two-year term um, where maybe you know this new executive uh, board uh, or you know the chair and vice chair maybe there's a lot of problems in 2020 and we just have to stick with them to 2022 so that was one of my concerns was it didn't seem like there was accountability immediately after an election cycle Um, under that. And that's why I voted against it.
3: Yeah. And I I think Oscar brings up a great point. Um, There were a lot of people saying, look, if you're that great, then run. And, you know, nobody will run against you. Or if they do, you'll be, you'll easily win reelection. And so it's our way to ensure that uh, we can choose who's going to be there and that we don't get stuck with somebody who's really awful for four years.
2: Hmm. i think think that's a legitimate argument because because
0: it's a it's a legitimate argument but i don't know that it's the right i don't know that it's the right decision to make though i mean look how long has it been like this well and how long have we been the the what what do you say the super minority right because that's what we are yeah
2: that's right
1: yeah yeah but you know I, i i think what um you know i think marcus brings up a good point with you know todd i mean you know we we didn't hold any statewide offices but um, and correct me if I'm wrong, Marcus, but I don't believe we were in the super minority in, uh, 2012 in no, no, sorry, not in 2012, but in 2006, 2008, I believe yeah, we was... were not in the super minority. Um, and now, you know, you look, I, I mean, you know, and, and you, if you look at 2010, 2012, you know, it wasn't just Utah that suffered losses in, yeah. you know, the state legislature, I mean, that was a nationwide, um, impact of lack of funds.
3: The the party was suffering, but um, with redistricting in 2010, um, I mean, you saw the Tea Party movement. You see redistricting. That really hurt Democrats, and I don't know the exact number of seats that we lost, but there were definitely a number of them um, that we held before that we um, that we held before that were competitive that <laughs> were no longer after that.
2: Yeah, like right where we sit, we sit in House District sure. Nine, which was a, ha- a House seat held by a Democrat for a long time, but then it gets gerrymandered, and now we haven't held it since. And like Marcus is saying, it was at least competitive or yep. you know winnable. Yep. Whereas it's yeah. been very difficult since because of those problems.
0: All right, so as the DNC, um, now now you are the the national guy, right?
3: Not not since um, March, February of earlier this year, but I was on the DNC for um, almost two years.
0: So what was that like? What was that?
3: Um... Yeah, so you know <laughs> I was there at an interesting time. I mean, one thing that is, you know, when I was uh, running for vice chair. I, You knew if you won, you were likely to be a DNC member. So actually, the DNC requires a um, a (gasps) male and um, female split, fifty. 50. So if uh, if I if the chair when I was running for vice chair if the chair was a male then I wouldn't have been a DNC member we would have elected a woman to go in their place um, and the DNC is kind of changing these uh, has started changing these rules to include um, non-binary transgender uh, individuals um, who may not identify as male or female. Um, But, but at that time, that's how it was. And so, so I knew going into it, I was probably that we were probably going to have a woman chair, um, in that assuming, you know, if a woman won and and I won, then I would be um, a DNC member, but it really wasn't my focus when running. And if I was going to rerun, I would make it more of a focus because I've seen a lot of the importance with it. Um, and I was there, you know, We did one important, something that I consider pretty important, and that was voting on uh, quote-unquote superdelegate rules or unpledged delegates now called automatic delegates um, voting on their rules. But, you know, for DNC members now, they're dealing with the 2020 election. Um, they have, uh, you know, they have candidates trying to earn their support. Um, and so their role kind of really emphasizes when a presidential election comes around, which I wasn't there during that time. You were um, not
0: You were not there during that No, because I okay. was
3: there for during the 2018 election, but not during the 2016, okay. and not during 2020. Um but uh, you know, so the DNC is uh, over 400 members, and they hold quarterly meetings a few times a year uh, all across the United States. They do little uh, conferences that are are a weekend long, uh, and being a part of those was really interesting. Uh, getting to see some of the the DNC members, you know, there's there's always these theories out there about the DNC. Uh, You know, oh, the DNC is making the decisions, the DNC supporting this candidate. But at the end of the day, most DNC members are just super activists, are just super volunteers um, who decided to run for some things. Now, now I do think it's disappointing that, you know, I also met I met some really incredible people who were DNC members. I also met some who were on the DNC, you know, were a member for 40 years and you could tell was speaking with them that they really didn't do a whole lot with their state party, but somehow continued to get elected every four years. Um, and for me personally, being one of the youngest DNC members, not not the youngest, I think there was an 18 or 19 year old on the DNC at the time. Um, but being one of the youngest and, you know, you're, you're in these big meetings with all these people and they're much older than you. I generally, I started uh, connecting much more with the staff, the DNC staff members, um, that were there. And so it was really interesting hearing, you know, being able to have conversations with DNC members, um, and then DNC staff and the differences in, uh, the work that they were all putting in, the way that they perceived the issues that we were talking about, the way that it would affect differently, because at the end of the day, whatever DNC members voted on, it was the staff who was going to have to implement those changes and make sure those changes actually happened. Um, and so I think that was really interesting um, with it, but I'm happy to talk about anything else with that.
2: So Marcus, I did want to ask, you know, you touched on a little bit on the uh, the superdelegates issue. Mm-hmm. So I, I was hoping maybe you would talk a little bit more about that, like how that process came about kind of the, the, the reason that there was a change and then kind of the results of that change.
3: Yeah, absolutely. So as I'm sure, uh, you know, a lot of people know there was at least in the democratic party, there was a lot of controversy around, um, superdelegates in the 2016 election. Um, it it was
0: boy, Bernie.
3: It's it's right. So it was said (laughs) that, you know, superdelegates, uh, rigged the election, um, in Clinton's favor, um, and I would say that is simply that there was math there. Um, Clinton would have won the nomination uh, with or without superdelegates. Uh, so there's a difference there. I mean, just to, to clarify for any listeners who aren't super aware of this process, uh, they're called uh, pledged delegates, and then there were unpledged delegates. And again, those unpledged were, are uh, the street name of them, I guess you could say, is superdelegates. Um, and now they're called automatic delegates with the new rules that I'll talk about. Um, but pledge delegate. So in 2016, I was a pledge delegate for Bernie Sanders. So I went to the 2016 national convention, but I went there as a placeholder. I didn't get to go there for Bernie Sanders and then say, just kidding, I'm going to vote for Clinton. Bernie had that vote, whether or not I was there, it was just an opportunity for, for me to go support a candidate, um, you know, be there cheering them on essentially. Um, but the votes were already determined based on how the um, of how our caucus vote turned out yeah, like that the, year. The
2: individual primaries throughout the states, right? Like this yeah. is how the, the pledge delegates come to be. Yeah,
3: and then it's the superdelegates, which every state at least has four, um, but based on the size of your population, uh, much like uh, the electoral college, you'll have more. So Utah has has four um, superdelegates. Actually, we do technically have five. Um, and the fifth, and many people don't know this, um, I'm spacing her last name. Uh, her first name is Lily, and she is the head of the National Education Association. Um, she is actually from Utah, and so she mm. counts as our fifth vote. But she lives in D.C., and I don't think any of us have ever met her. Um, but she counts as a Utah vote. I see. So it's um, like she
2: gets that that uh, uh, delegate, unpledged delegate position by virtue of her role in the in the NEA. Yes,
3: by being chair of the NEA. she just so NEA. happens to be, be from Utah. Be from Utah exactly.
1: And she did actually run for CD one at one point. Yeah. Is it Eskelson
3: or something like that? I wish I could tell you off the top of my head, but I don't know. Um, So
1: I I have another question. Um, is Ben McAdams also a super delegate?
3: Yes. uh, Yes. Thank you. Um, that's a great point. Um, yeah, all uh, congressional members are, um, are unpledged or automatic delegates, um, as well as any former uh, dnc chairs uh any former presidents current or former democratic presidents um i think i may be missing one category but that may be everything
2: okay so okay. um so what about uh, former congressional folks so say uh Say Jim Matheson still lived in Utah, would he be a super delegate? I
3: don't believe so. No, not. You have to be a current, I bel- a current I, elected I, I could be wrong, but okay. I, I think you have to be current.
1: Okay. So so Utah would have six super delegates. Yeah. Okay.
3: Yep. Okay. So then we
2: have these unpledged delegates that you know Utah and other states have. Um, there are the pledged and the unpledged. Everyone goes to Philadelphia, right? That's where it went so down. That's where it was in yep. 2016. Yeah. Uh, everyone goes out there, and then uh, how, how does that, how does it work?
3: Uh, so you have uh, several days of speeches. I mean that's mostly what you're doing there is yeah. it's a big rah, speeches. Rah, rah. Oscar was there as yep. well as a delegate, so he could talk about this too. Um, yeah, I mean, you sit and you listen to a lot of speeches. The day of voting um, you I mean, I had to check a box um, with Bernie's name on it. Uh, solidifying my vote but again I didn't have the op- I, I couldn't just vote for Clinton I was there and, and just checked a box um, next to Bernie's name on this piece of paper uh, and then they go through and on national television go through every state party and the state party says this is how many votes I'm giving for um, I mean in 2016 it was uh, this many votes for Clinton and then this many votes for Bernie Okay. Um. You know, there's there's one thing uh, I I mentioned a little bit about, you know, I I'm not of the belief that the DNC, quote unquote, rigged the election. Mm -hmm. But I do think to their credit, you know, there was a lot of um, people who were at the National Convention for Bernie Sanders who were really, really frustrated. And I think, in my opinion, they had the absolute right to be frustrated. Um, It was very every uh speech that was made, and there was a lot of them, were all in favor of um, Clinton. I think maybe there was one pro-Sanders speech. Um, I mean, I, the DNC did this because she had enough unpledged delegates yeah. to get it, that it was like, we're on national television, we're going to make it look like we're so unified. Um, but I think ultimately that, that backfired on them. I hope that they do a, take a different strategy in 2020, assuming that we're probably going to have um, – more than one candidate in at the time, considering how many we're at now and how many are competitive.
0: Well, people are dropping out now, so.
3: Yeah, but, but even, even if still. we had two candidates, or three, right. and I think there's a, I definitely think there's a possibility we have three candidates at, um, at or I convention, mean, right? I think Tulsi has put out there at least once saying that she'll just stay in it, just to stay in it. Um, as far as I know, there's nothing to say that you can't just stay in it. You don't have to be polling right. at something you don't have to stay to be... as a candidate. Right. You just yeah. can't participate in debates. and mm-hmm.
2: um, All that garbage. So, so Marcus, uh, I want to understand the unpledged delegates. So, for them, you know, you were a pledged delegate, but for the unpledged delegates, they do get to make a decision yeah, right? absolutely. As, as to who they will yeah, support. So, and so, most of so, the time, they make that publicly known, right, before the convention.
3: Yeah. So, many um, – and this is where controversy comes in is many uh, – pledged sorry many unpledged delegates are people like vice chairs and chairs national committee members congress people they have influence and so if i'm the chair of the utah democratic party let's say um and i (laughs) and i say hey i'm coming out and i'm letting everybody know i'm gonna vote for clinton i mean essentially i'm endorsing clinton if even if i'm not saying it and and to clarify our chair at the time peter Karun, voted for bernie and that is i don't think something that people notice of we had four super or four super delegates two voted for clinton two voted for bernie um but this is where controversy would come in is saying well you all have influence here and you're endorsing and personally i think well that's generally you're right i have some issues with it if you're running elections and uh your influence in elections in the state um, but you know if, if you happen to be influential and you want to endorse somebody go ahead and endorse somebody Um, and so a lot of them, yeah, would absolutely make their decision known in advance. Not everybody would. And at the end of the day, the day of the vote, they could change their mind. They have the absolute right to because they are unpledged. They don't, they didn't have to vote for any given candidate.
2: Yeah. And I was going to say that, you know, it was kind of unfortunate in the 16 election because I heard stories of superdelegates from Utah who are unpledged delegates who had made known their choice. And that choice was Clinton, and those people got harassed. And I think that was really unfortunate. It was like, guys, come on! Like, y- you think that sending some, you know, profanity-laced tirade up via Facebook message is going to change somebody's mind? Like,
3: I mean, I think one thing. And, like, and I understand
2: the frustration, but like, I haven't. It's not the way.
3: I haven't done this math for a while. I don't have it in front of me. Um, but so, so one thing I tried to do when I was a DNC member, and we were voting on these superdelegate rules. I held a, essentially a town hall of, hey, um, I know a lot of people are interested in superdelegates, let's do a town hall, let's, I'll talk about, so I led it and just did a presentation on talking about here are all the options, um, or here's what's being put on the table, here are the things that it would change, um, You know, trying to keep people informed about this is what we're voting on, because there was a lot of misconceptions about about what it was. Um, But something I tried to clarify when I was doing that is, and what people don't often realize, uh, is the simple math of it. So, I mean, again, A, nationally, Clinton had enough votes with unpledged to win. And a lot of people don't seem to realize that. Um, The other thing is, in Utah, so we had... Wait,
0: when when you say that, so, okay, let me get it right. So, you're saying that Hillary had enough unpledged right so people that could make i'm sorry up- i'm
3: sorry pledged
2: she had pledged so she enough had won pledge. basically enough primaries okay. in enough states okay. that like all
3: superdelegates could have voted for bernie no sorry i'm i don't think that's quite right she um she would have won with just the people that were delegates. there supposed to yeah pledge and for her, with or, yeah, supposed to be with able. the unpledged delegates voting for her that increased her win but it didn't make it. I mean, she was still, it didn't if you're over 50%, win. then yeah. you win, and she was over 50% with pledged. And so it was the unpledged coming in just made it instead of, I don't know the exact percent, but so like to percent she was at 61%. Like it was regardless she was winning. Um, yeah, you that saying that
0: was a bad move making them... Is that what you said? Right, that that was the bad move. That no, made, I think the bad move
3: like... by the DNC was that the convention was extremely pl- pro-Clinton, and they yeah, did that yeah, yeah. because they knew she was going to win. Yeah, like and you have they to wanted, understand their position. They right? wanted to show the nation that the party was uh, was unified. But I, in my opinion, that ultimately right backfired. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
2: Yeah, so I wanted to ask then about, so we kind of have an under, understanding of, you know, the unpledged delegates, how it works, and then what's the change that you voted for as a, as a DNC member? What What is that change and what does it look like now?
3: Yeah, absolutely. So uh, I think overall the change is really positive, but I'm going to talk about something, too, that I think for those who are very against superdelegates um, that they need to be aware of. Um, so the change made it so superdelegates, again now called automatic delegates, are um essentially completely ineffective uh, for the 2020 convention i want to make that clear for Mm -hmm. the 2020 convention which will be in july um so every four years before the about a year out from the convention um so we voted on this um last year beginning of i think it was last year um we so every four years they're going to go through and they're going to vote on convention rules. So this was a part of the package of voting on convention rules. And so what this did is said, if you are, so you and another person are running for the nomination for, you, for the uh, the presidential nomination on the Democratic Party ticket, if you have enough pledged delegates that unpledged delegates cannot make a difference that literally they could all vote for the other candidate kind and it would not make a difference. The whole
0: Hillary thing again, right? But
3: then that, they uh, are allowed to vote. If it is too close, if they could swing, and it. they could swing it. They are not allowed to vote. So, so it's pretty easy to know the math of every state will have their pledge delegates. Um, states keep track of that. Uh, the DNC keeps track of that. I'm sure there's a bunch of uh, individual, whether uh, individuals out there that, whether they are just super involved or a part of the media or whoever, who like Nate keeping, Silver types, right? Yeah, who, who, who the are math keeping of track it. of those sure. numbers. And again, if super delegates could make a difference and if they could swing the election, they're not allowed to vote. Um, and so it makes it so they're completely ineffective. Now. If there was a scenario that um no candidate got a majority, um, let's say we had three candidates in, which in my opinion could happen in twenty twenty. I don't know mm. if it will, but I think with some of the competitive candidates we have.
0: I think Papa Joe's leaving.
3: I don't think he Sorry. is. Yeah,
0: Sorry. I don't think Sorry he's leaving. Yeah. yeah. No, he's don't
3: he's don't taking think... it to Milwaukee,
2: dude. Like he's going don't know, man. Yeah but anyway sorry go ahead
3: um, so in that scenario if nobody takes that majority then on a second round ballot everybody becomes unpledged so if i was there as a pledged delegate for who was ever there right. for you just mentioned biden you know if i was there as a pledged delegate for biden and let's say it, it's warren and biden well then now i can vote for warren um, or I could vote for Biden, but it's my choice. But that happens against... on
2: the second round of ballot,
3: and what? all automatic delegates, again super delegates, also get to vote on that second ballot. So if that happens, the second ballot could be a huge wild card. Yeah. What's Absolutely. going to happen? Holy shit. Well, yeah. is that okay? And is that good? Is that good? I won't uh, what determine the fuck? that. I think and it is, are, and here's are, why. Are
1: you? And for, you know, on on the second round, the pledged delegates and the automatic delegates, they could also vote for someone who's not on the ballot, correct? Are are they able to write in or do they just have to stick with Biden-Warren?
3: Yeah. Or whoever else. Using, Biden, using your Warren, scenario, Sanders, let's say Biden, Warren, or, Sanders, right?
0: Because it'd be three. You would. Yeah. This would happen if it was a if if there were three people coming to the convention. I right?
3: believe the lowest maybe gets kicked off the ballot at that point. It oh, figures. okay. So then it becomes just a okay. top I don't two. know if I don't think you can do right in. I do not know these rules by heart yeah. i don't i okay. haven't looked at them for a long time yeah. since they were passed like i don't know at this point
2: but but okay. here's why that's a good thing it's because it's like okay we've gone through the primary process we've gone all the states all the territories have voted we're all meeting up in milwaukee there's not a clear front runner right all of these people who are delegates now like we have to decide this weekend right what, during convention like you have to decide somebody to to trot out there to run against donald trump so we can't go through that process again. We've gone through that process. There's no clear winner. Everybody has been sent to represent the Democratic Party from where they live. And, you know, the group as a whole gets together. And like Marcus is saying, on a second ballot, you got to pick. And so whoever wins the room wins the nomination. And you, you send out a winner. Like, I don't... I think people would say... Yikes, that's un- man. No, dude, because it's, it's not undemocratic. Because it's like, we've already been through the democratic process, right? We've had primaries. We've had caucuses. Caucus I Caucus I Didn't take Latin Caucus I And and, (laughs) (laughs) Sorry man
1: Another thing to remember is Unless this was removed is uh, The presidential candidates get uh, Their What is it something review That they get to review all delegates Mm. At least this was the case in 2016 Where You know if you know when I was elected A Bernie delegate The Bernie campaign Um, had, I think it was a two to three week window to look over my social media, all that. And if they had any reason to believe that I wouldn't be a, you know, reliable delegate to him, they could remove me for someone else, even if I, you know, even though I was elected for CD one. So, you know, and the point of that is because if it does go to a second round or, you know, that they know, you know, I'm a delegate that they can count yeah, on not but to you're, jump ship.
0: so you though are voting for for Sanders um but the Sanders doesn't make it to the second round. Let's say Sanders doesn't make it to the second round. Now it's up to you to pick between It's true. Yeah. The other two. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like that's who. It's a kind of scary but that's what it is man like that's the process why don't they do I mean, why, is, why don't they do ranked like i don't get why they don't do like you know, a ranked. I, I, uh,
3: I, I think we'll start to see more ranked i think it's so new at this point that nobody i mean just not that many organizations are using it i think maine uses it yeah, and that's it. yeah that's, i mean but it's so new shit, man that, that people are saying it's got its problems you know no, do not. we want to use a system that maybe doesn't have as much legitimacy as others do if that's not the process that people are used to using So, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it happened at some point. But, I mean, for right now, I think this is a positive change. You know, I think specifically for this year with the candidates, they've been implementing these uh, donation requirements, polling requirements. And I think, you know, there are people with some criticisms of it, and I I don't think it's a perfect system. But I think it's absolutely made it more uh, democratic. It's made it more um, nationwide. It's, you know, yeah. they, the DNC, part of these, uh, the superdelegate changes, um, after the 2016 elections some Clinton people, um, some Bernie people, and literally they appointed Hillary Clinton, Bernie Sanders appointed some people, and then the DNC appointed some people to serve on um, this committee that came up with all these changes. Um and, you know, some of the changes that they implemented were making uh, primaries more open, trying to get as many states on a primary system and not a caucus system like Iowa has, um, because it's harder to attend for, you know, working families uh, to get to those kind of things. And so they implemented a bunch of different changes um, and have been putting pressure on state parties to adopt these, uh, a lot of these changes um, and so I, I think it's, you know, it's not perfect. I don't think we'll ever be perfect, um, but I definitely think that they've created some really good steps uh, to have more of a democratic system for the 2020 election.
2: So Marcus, I think that's a really good way to lead in, kind of wrap this conversation up. Um, one of the main things, you know, we focus specifically on Weber County on the podcast. And so can you kind of tell us like, what is the influence that the DNC has on uh, a, a county like ours or just like a county party like Weber's?
3: Absolutely. Uh, So again, you know, earlier I was talking about that if I was going to rerun for a DNC position, I would, as like vice chair or chair of the party, I would emphasize more the importance of the DNC. And a lot of it comes into uh, what it can do for not only our state party, but for county parties. You know, in 2018, we had more investment here from the DNC than what we had ever seen before. Uh, there were several reasons for that. You know, one of those reasons was Ben McAdams and having the D- DCCC, which is the Democratic Congressional Campaign Committee out here, who was uh, putting a lot of money into uh, his race. And So
2: their job is to get Democrats elected to Congress. Yes, That's exactly. Their job.
3: In, in the state house, or sorry, the US, United States House of Representatives uh, specifically. Yeah. Um, but what we saw from that of having... Uh, good relationships with uh, DNC executive committee members. So, so something important on this too is that there are DNC members and there are DNC executive committee members. So the executive committee is a much smaller body and that's Tom Perez, the chair, and they have their, their chair, secretary, treasurer. They have some other representatives on there. Um, but we were lucky enough that we had some good relationships with some people on the executive committee uh, and we were able to get some extra funding out here. Uh, The DNC actually this last year, they started a new program that was a grant program where every state party could ask the DNC for $100,000 in a grant. And you had to write out a plan, your party had to write out a plan and say, this is what we're gonna do. Uh, Our state party did that. We asked for $100,000 and said, here's all these things we wanna hire, all these positions throughout Utah. Uh, We got feedback on it and they said, Uh, We really don't want uh, some of the positions that we were putting as as, uh, currently influential we thought it was going to be that that we were going to fight for. They were saying we really want things that are closer to uh, the 2018 election. So we were looking at, like, Native American um, outreach director, um, uh, community engagement, um, Latinx, uh, these different kind of community building. And they wanted field organizers on the ground helping candidates. And so we recreated our plan. Uh, ultimately, they gave us um, $35,000, and that was a deal that we had to raise a third of that. So we, it was a technically a $50,000 program, um, but they gave us thirty-five, dollars uh, and we put organizers on the ground. And we targeted more candidates in 2018. Including we in Weber had, County. Including right. Weber County. Yep. Um, we, for the first time, had an organizer purely dedicated to Weber County. Generally, organizers get split in a lot of different directions. They help uh, more than one candidate. Um, and so, generally, Weber County would share an organizer. And, and for anybody listening, uh, and when I say organizer, field organizer is somebody who's going door-to-door for a candidate, uh, making phone calls, recruiting volunteers, um, doing a lot of their data targeting uh, with voters. And so generally, Weaver County was sharing one field organizer in between themselves and then Summit and Wasatch County Um, and for the first time, Weaver County had one on their own and we were only able to do that because the DNC was willing to invest here. So they invested this $35,000 and we felt like we had a lot of good opportunities here uh, that we ended up uh, going back to the DNC and saying, we want more we need more investment. And we got funding for one more uh, organizer on top of that, um, who specifically ended up helping um, on Jenny Wilson's US Senate campaign. Mm. Um, But any help up or down the ballot helps Democrats all across. So uh, we are really thankful for that. And that's something, you know, that was because of, you know, we, we had to have a good team here, but it was being able to go to those meetings, being able to connect with these individuals, Uh, there's one dnc executive community member whose wife is from salt lake city and so he was doing some traveling out here naturally which was great because we were able to connect with him and and really having those personal relationships with people uh, went a long way
0: so you're going to be gearing up then your your current position now or no you don't no current you don't current position with them now
2: marcus stevenson gunslinger
0: Dang, yeah. Wild West that's style. Wild west, dude. So uh before we go, any any predictions for C D one?
3: C D one. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's <laughs> C D one's stuff. Um as far as the primary goes, or the general, or um There's a lot of thoughts going through my head.
0: Let's say primary, keep it like that's easy, right? Safe? Is that is that a safe uh, pick?
3: I don't I'm fine with it. Um, you know, I only know of two candidates out there right now, uh Jamie Cheek and Josh Cameron. Same. Yeah, those are the only folks I know about. He's gonna take it. Um I was, you know, her, I, her
0: husband was the Weber State debate. That, that's that's right.
3: right. That's right. You know, uh, as a voter in under Omar, the first congressional the district, I reached out to Josh just on his Facebook page. And, and I kind of know Josh. Um, known him for a few years and just said, you know, I'm I'm genuinely curious, like, why? Uh, why should voters in the first congressional want somebody from West Valley? And, you know, I think that's a, that's something that happens. I mean, Ben McAdams does not technically live in the fourth congressional, but he represented something like 80, 85% of the fourth congressional when he was Saltley County mayor. Somebody who just lives outside of it, who hasn't represented, I, that's a harder gap for me to, to fill. And so I was asking about that and You know, the answer was, well, I'm talking about issues that people care about, and so people in this district will care about. That, to me, wasn't really a great answer. I think, uh, you know, I've met with Jamie once. Um, I think she's got a lot of work ahead of her. Um, but I also think she's someone who is Josh considers himself extremely progressive. I also think Jamie's going to be running a pretty progressive campaign. And, um, I was pretty impressed with how well connected she is with the first congressional, you know, living and I believe she lives in Ogden and then works in cash and box elder. Um, and so I think that'll be interesting to see, um, just talking about the first congressional, I hope that we see, you know, something that I I think, especially with our party being so Salt Lake City focused, is um, I think that a lot of Democrats in this state forget that we have a huge Air Force base uh, right here in the state of Utah. Uh, and,
0: and, yeah, like I, government... Government agencies yeah. here, especially yeah. uh, Weber County, like uh,
3: well, right. And I, you know, I grew up right just by the South Gate of uh, Hill Air Force Base, and I think that's something that Democrats forget. Um, I would love to see a first congressional candidate out there really championing, uh, you know, the, for all those federal employees, um, for uh, vets who live here, um, for people who are in the military who will one day be veterans. Um, for their benefits, I mean, I, and I just think that's something that as Democrats we've not had. And so I would love to see Democrats picking up that conversation.
0: That's such a hard, that's so hard because, you know, the whole Hatch Act thing. I mean, you get somebody maybe that's retired. Kathy Darby did it, right? Yeah. Yeah, she did. Yeah, She did a good
2: job. All right. Yeah, one thing I was going to say about the CD1 Thanks for race. That. Um, so we have chatted with uh, those two candidates, with Jamie Cheek and uh, Josh Cameron. And so we're going to have them on. Who's we? Wait, what? Yeah, John and I have, what? and so we'll have them on the show, upcoming. Probably it looks like in January once the the New Year is coming. Get out. Yeah, and so we'll here. get to hear from both of them, and they get to they'll make their case to the JC peeps.
0: Wow. And then
2: if anybody else enters the race, of course we'll have them on as well. Anyone? If they file paperwork and say they're running for see, CD like one, to, yeah, I'd like to we'll see uh,
0: somebody from Box Elder County. <laughs> What are you laughing at? Why are you laughing, Kingmaker?
1: I don't know. <laughs> Anytime I see Dan opening his mouth, it's, <laughs>
2: yeah.
0: it's hilarious. We gotta get like a, a rope him up, cowboy from on the ranch, and we get him to run as Democrat.
2: You want the Marlboro Man? To run yeah, for the Congress? Marlboro Man
0: okay. running for CD one. Oh, All right. Okay. Well, thanks, uh, Marcus, for coming out and talking to us and spending some time here. I know you got a long drive back, but um, we appreciate you, man.
3: Appreciate being here. It's yeah. fun. Yeah. Thank you. All
0: right. We're going to come back. Well, when we come back, we'll go with, uh, we'll get some events. Pinkies up, thumbs down, that kind of stuff. All right. Welcome back. Um, so Marcus is gone. We've got Kingmaker here He's with dead. dead. Marcus and Nicky. He, <laughs> he, he, he had to go him. back to Sandy. Uh, we're going to get right into the polls, um, this week, man, I tell you what, I just have not been, um, active on Facebook. You were on vacation, man. Yeah, I was on vacation. So it was hard for me to even like look at these because I didn't see any of these polls. Who, so here, I guess is the first poll. Who thinks that Junction City should replace, uh, should replace Pinkies Up Thumbs Down with Love advice from an elected official. Yeah, so, okay, so there's what a story here. This? There's a
2: story here. So we talked about Ricky Hatch came to the debate with the Kingmaker okay. and, and Gary Boyer on Monday night, right? And uh, afterwards, we were just chatting with him, you know, about stuff. And um, John was asking him about how uh, how long it takes to get approved, like, as a, somebody who could officiate for a wedding. And he was like, oh, yeah, it only takes a second. It's very easy. And then uh, somehow the conversation devolved uh, into, like, Man, we should do the segment on JCP where uh lo- elected officials give advice on love. Like that would be really funny. <laughs> and so So
0: they just like we go out and get
2: Yeah, like we go and we we sit down with like Ricky Hatch and we say, You know what? That okay, here's a question.
0: I get I get you. So it's kind of like Could in the vein of, of you remember that old lady that would give sex advice? Like the super old lady, yeah. Yeah. And it was like She'd be talking about vibrators and shit and like What
1: the hell are you guys reading?
2: You don't remember Dr.
0: Do, oh, oh, come on. Dr. Ruth. No,
2: Dr. Ruth was like on TV. She was like around and she had a radio show.
0: That oh, is boy. that what we're talking about? Is that what we want we want that kind of No,
2: nah, it doesn't necessarily have to be like that, but like it could be Jesus. sort of funny like it could be like something that you would I think the way that it seemed was like something you would get on to the Tonight show with Fallon or something like that where it's like you're asking like oh, funny questions and getting yeah, 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 you know yeah, like yeah. hey Elected official, uh, my girlfriend recently blah blah blah. What should I do? You should do this. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it's like I don't know. Do man. we know any elected officials that would do that? Ah, uh, yeah. I mean, Ricky Hatch said he was down, so we at least got him. Shut up. Yeah, man. dude, he did. What he's willing to play ball.
1: I bet Lou Sherwood would do it.
2: Oh yeah, see what if
1: then, it's what if it's like we they, they, the they read
0: mean comments, kind of like the whole in the in the ah. Jimmy <laughs> mean, uh, mean Jimmy tweets. Jimmy Kimmel, right? Jimmy Kimmel, right? Yeah, yeah mean, mean tweets. tweets That'd be kind of funny.
2: I don't know that there are any mean tweets about some of our elected officials. Oh, I think it's too local. Buddy. Give me, oh, give buddy. me a few minutes. Yeah. Oh, you can find them. Come go. on, buddy. Okay, oh, no, okay. I,
1: I can create them.
2: <laughs> It's like I think yeah, we could we could Except just have Lou, Sherlock, obviously. All, they all
1: say at Kingmaker.
2: <laughs> you need to change your, your Twitter handle to at Kingmaker.
1: I don't even have a Twitter handle. Oh, dude, oh, you're see, a politico and you, you don't, don't have Twitter. You know, there you go. So disappointing. Hey, me. you couldn't okay, have I got it. Facebook. No. And
2: oh no, God. God. Facebook is accessible, dude. Uh, okay, so and sorry.
1: I just recently got Snapchat. So, you know, I'm I'm making waves. I'll here, be real.
2: I, I got waves. off Snapchat. I deleted it. I don't do it.
0: Uh four people voted for me. Oh, as in, like, they wanted it? They wanted it, yeah. Uh, Four people voted for lols. Yeah, it's funny. And then three people voted no. So I guess it's not happening? It's very unclear. Or it's happening in a funny way. Yeah,
2: maybe. Maybe it'll happen. We'll see. Hey,
0: I'm down, dude. I think that's, that's, I think it's that's funny. A, that's a funny concept. Me too. And I, then we don't have... To, hey, think about this. Then we don't have to prepare pinkies up, thumbs down.
2: I mean, I there don't... I already... I don't prepare, man. I just show up and I, I'm ready to go. Yeah, you rant, bro. You you just go at yeah. it, dude. You're, I don't even care.
1: You're a, a rantor, dude.
2: I got a thing every. It's like I always see something stupid on social media. It's like, oh yeah, this is it. This is where it, I'm yeah, going. This is
0: it. This yep. Is, yep. is the guy. Yep. This fucking dude. All right. Well, at since we're talking about it, uh, we'll just move right into the pinkies up, thumbs down. We'll oh, get it, we'll is get is those there polls not up. Another though. poll. No, that was yeah, it. Yeah, she okay. only
2: did the one. Okay. So way,
0: Sheena really the... Sheena's the, the poll
2: master now. Uh, She's the one that puts them up in the in the group. That's
0: a great name for her. The poll <laughs> master. Like, that's... No, 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 no. Uh, you know what? I know, you guys dude. Are bad. I know, you know what? Never mind. Sheena, I, you know I, what? I'm I, really I, sorry that
2: Dan no. being really dirty. No,
0: no, that wasn't dirty. Oh, That's not
1: dirty. Sheena will meet you out not, in the parking lot to kick not, your ass. Oh, my God.
0: <laughs> I just wish that I... No, see... Yeah, i was gonna you're, say you're i wish that i was the poll master but it just doesn't <laughs> yeah it just didn't want to be the poll master see? no let's see okay now we're moving on uh we're gonna go right into the pinkies up thumbs down thanks poll master uh, uh, yeah dan <laughs> yeah. loves a good poll <laughs> the king master and the poll uh the king maker okay pinkies up thumbs down do you have one
1: oscar so i'll go king last maker? give me
0: you're gonna go last. no yeah. you're gonna go last you think? Hold on a second. You think <laughs> you're gonna go last? You got the I'll, vet over I'll, here, I'll, I'll make it Kobe it. Peterson, just like ready to pounce on this shit. And you think you're gonna go last? <laughs> I'll go first. You okay. can go second. Homeboy later here. He's got. I just. I can feel it coming out. Just. <laughs> oh, I got the heat, dude. Okay. I'm uh, the guy who pitches uh, 99. I'm gonna go. <laughs> yeah. You're yeah. the closer. You're yeah, exactly. the hand of God. Okay. Uh. Pinky's up. AOC. Love the way she handled. It. I watched a uh, an interview with uh her she was on Cuomo. Oh yeah. Fucking loved it, dude. She killed it. I, I don't know. I can't say enough good things about her. She's she's uh she's been great. Neither can kind of the king like her.
2: He can't say enough about her, huh? He can't say enough great things about her. Right? Get out of here. Yeah, he doesn't and like then, her.
0: And her recent Im- what? He doesn't yeah. like her. Did you Sorry. watch the did you watch? did you at least uh, get to see her on Cuomo? I didn't know. No, she was good. Um just the way she responds and I showed my daughter this too cuz I'm like look you need you need more like strong latina women that you can see like that know how to speak eloquently and get their point across because where where uh where I showed her the video was like they were talking about um she was she was talking about how we don't spend enough or, or we write these blank checks for these endless wars but we don't we somehow we we don't have the money for either Medicare for all or um, things that would actually benefit things, the economy. Things that benefit people, right? Like the economy and people, real life people. And and we can't write those checks, but we can do for if you know if we got to go to Saudi Arabia, if we got to go to Syria or whatever, like that stuff. Go ahead and write the check. Plenty. So it was good. If you haven't, um, uh, I kind of want to put a. Can we put a link to that video
1: because it was great. That was
0: totally, a great yeah. Video. Okay, yeah. let's do that.
2: Put the link in the show notes, and I'll put it or uh, put it in the rundown, and I'll okay. put it in the show notes. So there's my pinkies up. Okay, let's go.
1: I got my pinkies up. So pinkies up to those that went yesterday, uh, up in uh, up to Weaver Canyon to help put up the major flag in North Ogden. It's big. Um, honoring Brent Taylor and all the um, veterans. Here in the community, they took a... Do they take it down and put it up every year? Yeah. So I yeah. I don't know exactly how long it is, but...
2: Till Veterans it, Day, which is the 11th. That's the end of World War One.
1: Okay. So they have... Yeah, so they have this flag that weighs over 500 pounds, and they just have a bunch of volunteers just carry it up, uh, up the canyon, and they uh, are able to to put it up and so Pinky's up to all those volunteers that woke up early and um you know made sure that it got put
0: up. If Where you, did they put
2: it up? Is in, that
0: the one that's in between like the mountain or something? Yeah, yeah
2: it's in Coldwater Canyon. So like it isn't it isn't can on Can you see it? Like can oh, I see yeah. it from the freeway? Oh yeah. oh yeah. you can see it. Really? Yeah, it's, yeah, big. it's big. So uh, I read an article that said that the uh, the stars on that on that flag are 5 feet tall. The stars. Are they flag. It's massive wow. that has it touched the ground no. no because it like they set it up so that it like there's a video if you go to um if you go to the no no town group or a uh, page or I think that if you go to one of Meg's gondola discussion groups in North Ogden, somebody took a video of it unfurling it's pretty cool like to watch it you know because it's it's like on this track. And then they like I don't know how they do it like they hit a button or they pull a string or something. I
1: think they pull a string. Yeah,
2: and then it, and it lets it all go, and then the flag just kind of like drapes out. It's really cool to watch.
1: Yeah, I, I and saw you that can see it like they it. have a
2: light on it too. So like if you were to drive to North Ogden right now, you could see it in Coldwater Canyon.
1: What?
2: Yeah, yeah you can see it. It's big. You're saving the segment, Kobe. <laughs> let's go. There you go. All right, dude. So I got I got a thumbs down. You know, last week I was sort of at a loss. I didn't know what to say, but this week I spent enough time on social media that I found something that pissed me off. <laughs> so here's the thing that pissed me out. Thumbs down to these, uh, I, I don't even want to call them conservatives. I'm going to give that air quotes because I don't think they're real conservatives. I just, I'm just tired of these lame people who they want to build up their like, quote unquote, conservative follower, their, their base on YouTube or Twitter or whatever, and then leverage that to eventually a job at Fox News. A right? Tommy Lawrence. Yeah. Something like this, right? Like right. I, there was a guy locally that, you know, I recently found out about who was, you know, perpetuating this exact career path. He's a student at Weaver State and he, he posted some pretty disingenuous videos about his professors and like it royally pissed me off that he's out there. And like, I looked at his YouTube following and I was like, oh, that's what he's doing. He's trying to generate enough outrage that, you know, he can get the clicks, he can get the views. And make it look like he's he's being oppressed, which is what this whole machine runs on, right? This entire career path from YouTube and social media to some lame alt-right media source like I mean, and and media source is probably too generous. Like these alt-right propaganda machines, like Breitbart and the Blaze. Screw you, Glenn Beck, my fellow churchgoer, and (laughs) you know what I mean. And eventually, you know, the hope is that if you can get to that point you'll get the call from Fox news and you know, then you've got it made. Right. And all you are, you're, you're not a journalist. You're not, you're just trying to be like an internet celebrity who now tell
0: tell them what the actual video. So what was actually said? And then what kind of, like explain <sighs> cause it. Cause the more you, the, when you explained it to me, I was like, Yo, fuck that guy. Yeah. That guy can go eat a dick. Like, fuck him. So, the
2: only reason I don't want to talk about it that in depth, because, like, I don't want people to know who this dude is. Well, yeah. I don't like, want people going and finding see, it and watching his videos because that's exactly the way this machine works, right? Like, I generate outrage, whether that's for what I'm saying or against what I'm saying. Either way, it's good, right? And so long as I rack up the views, and maybe I'll get some people to follow my YouTube channel, you know, because I'll find the people who agree with me and then I'll progress. But basically, somebody. A student at Weber State misrepresented what his professors were saying. He recorded something at, um, a, at a at a retreat and the whole point was it was Dude, I think we
0: I think personally I think we should say what it is because like the more the more we get uh, we, we represent for Weber State debate, like getting their name out there because they're hey, look, they're go great. back go look those guys up yeah, they they're no joke. They are always contending for national championships. And this is fucking Weber State. Like, tell me one part of this guy Why y'all, yeah, why are you laughing? Like, yeah. that's that's legit, bro. Like, I that, have just, that, I have never seen so much pride for a debate yeah, team. Hey, I, I was part of the debate team. You have and, made that aware a few times tonight. I was definitely not like a big time player. But everybody, every team needs a role player, and sure as shit, you need a guy to come off the bench. But uh, you need a guy to come off the bench, or even like uh, you know, uh, wash the towels. You know Uh, that was me. (laughs) I'm okay with being. I'm okay with being that guy because the people that were on that dude for real though, year after year, they produce some of the best debate. What quit? What the fucking? They produce some of the best debaters in the nation. Okay. Uh, And And so the way to look them up, support them,
2: Mata. Yeah, Pinky's up to the WSU debate team then, but (laughs) thumbs down to these losers. Who so like the the premise of the video is that you know this guy's he says he was being taught these ridiculous things, but really what's going on? The exercise is, and and he leaves this part out, is the 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 debate teacher is pushing him to deal with or the group to deal with ridiculous arguments like science isn't real capitalism is a form of oppression for you know people of color which i think is in some ways a legitimate argument slavery hello but right yeah but he's, like he, he's, he's putting out like yeah. r- these arguments that are you know sometimes like barcical and you know basically like they're, they're pushing the students to say okay deal with that like debate that yeah
0: yeah but because it, that's legit like that legit happens policy debate look i i went to a couple of tournaments and the tournaments that i was in like if you're not prepared for somebody to just derail your argument and and you can't put it back on track and you're the affirmative bro that that shit sucks like because then you're then you're trying to figure out what why is he even talking about the fucking stars like what's going on what do you what is you know then you're like scrambling for no the better you're prepared and that's why they're good up there that's why Weber State kills it when, when it comes to debate that's why they're good because they get pushed on those types of things. And if yeah. you're
1: like misrepresenting that shit, like that's.
2: Yeah. And, garbage. Well, and this guy's and, out there and saying. So,
1: so the kid was making it sound. All those statements were actual lessons being taught at Weber state. Yeah.
2: That's kind of the way he presents it. Right. Yeah. Garbage. Yeah. And it's, and it's not true. And so it's just like, and I didn't know that I, I, I listened to the audio and I was like, what is this? You know, I was like, this is whack. And then I get into the comments and people are saying, like, Hey, oh. this is what's going on here. Like, i didn't take debate i have no idea what goes on dude we should get somebody from weaver state debate up here i'd love it but like you Jamie know they, they they explain the stuff like okay this is what's going on here you know like they're saying like like somebody were to come say like okay bro you want to you want to say you know have you heard of the uh the, flat earthers is a big one no no even oh. better the, the cold sun theory what cold sun theory what is this so if the sun is hot why is space cold whoa you blew my mind right now it's like it's it's crap like that dude where it's like yeah science is obviously fake because like (laughs) (laughs) like this and then like this is what they do right because like the idea is like somebody and and keep in mind that like you're saying in in policy debate like people don't actually believe necessarily the things they're saying like they're given a position right you need to debate them right that's what this that's what's happening And so this kid's out here trying to grow his stupid YouTube, you know, thing. And I just think it's, yeah. And like overall, like I saw that and I was like, oh, that's happening right here in our backyard. And then I thought more about it. Like that dumb girl who always takes pictures of herself with guns. She did it. You know, when she graduated from college. I think she graduated from Kent State too, which there was I don't co- know there was a college student
0: talking about. But
2: yeah, she, she sucks. Like and the she whole, sucks. And like and she like she'll record these stupid, you know, phone rants about, you know, she's owning the libs and, you know, they're so stupid. And like basically her whole thing is like, I'm a gun toting conservative and people hate me for it. It's like, no, they don't hate you. They just they don't hate you for being conservative. They hate you because you suck.
0: Yeah. You're a terrible like, person. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> you're, you're arguing bad in bad
2: faith. Yeah. Like, you're exactly. constantly arguing in bad faith. It's like I don't have to engage with that. And it's like, sure, go over there and take pictures with your, you know, your AR-15 all you want. I don't have to, because at the end of the day, and, and it's the same thing with Donald Trump. The only way that anybody actually cares about you is if you get eyeballs, right? Like, that's what it boils done. That's oh, why people say yeah. ridiculous things, right? And they yeah. go out there and they, and they take pictures of themselves, you know, in a bikini with an AR-15 because they know there's a segment out there that, like, they want to see some young girl in a bikini. So it's like, okay, you're going to sexualize yourself, but you're a Christian. Cool. But then second, you know. <laughs> I'm I'm out here with oh I got this gun and so like that's like the next level and the, the the liberals hate me for this like no you're just arguing in bad faith and like nobody actually cares about you nobody gives a shit yeah it's exactly so like yeah. stop caring about these people like don't go to their YouTube channels don't engage with them on social media exactly. give them nothing because the media is what the eyeballs is what what fuels them and so if you take that away same thing with Donald Trump if CNN would just stop reporting every stupid thing that Donald Trump said. Like that guy would, dude, he would spiral out of control because that's, that's what he, Oh
0: my God. Yeah, you're right.
2: It would get crazier and, crazier and crazier and crazier until the, like he would demand that the media blah, 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 you know? Yeah. But, yeah. So yeah. like there's a, if, if you, if you're on Twitter, there's an account that, um, it basically re they repost what Trump says so, so that, that people can get engage in a conversation. Yeah. But like he doesn't get the views. He doesn't get the ups, He doesn't get any of it. So, it's like you can know what Trump said without actually giving him the eyeballs. And like, because that's what this all boils down to. Like, I'd be surprised. Like, don't be surprised when in like 10 years, like, look at a guy like Glenn Beck. Glenn Beck goes on Fox News, what, 10 years ago? Something like that before he started the blaze. And he's the guy out there with all this conspiracy theory stuff. He's got the the chalkboard, dude. And he's doing the stuff and he's crazy. And he's like, you know, because glenn beck's background is he's a shock jock on radio that's that's where he came from he was a shock jock on radio so he just took that spiel and took it you know to cnn and cnn's like no we're not doing this and they fired him and then he went to fox news and they're like okay and then after a while even fox news was like
0: no bruh, like yeah, come on some crazy theories so so
2: he leaves and he starts the blaze and then and then and then glenn beck like goes through this like renaissance where like after like the donald trump they were like donald trump is running for president and he's like yeah, you know, I'm just—I'm not a Trump guy, you know. And he comes out as never Trump, and then you know he wants to like roll it back, and you know he kind of like—I'm sorry that I did those things, you know, that was a little bit crazy, and you know I'm you constantly blaming George Soros for basically everything, yeah, yeah you know, yeah, yeah, which is anti-Semitic. Let's let's say it, and then and then he comes back, and now like he's like I'm a never Trump guy, and then all of a sudden like he tries to like reinvent himself as like the the reasonable the conservative, yeah, yeah, that yeah,
0: yeah look at my chalkboard i'm not writing as crazy as frantic anymore. yeah and and, but, and now he's but like he still
2: has a chalkboard well and the thing is like he he came into 2016 being like i'm not i'm a never trump guy and as time went on and he saw that like yo being a never trump guy doesn't get you eyeballs and that's how your business model works at the blaze so what did he do he starts well you know maybe trump's got something over here. i think the yeah you know, i think the president's doing blah blah and then he starts getting booked for fox news cuz he starts you know licking oh, the president's Lord. boots and you know he gets back trump. on and you know and, so it's just I hate the whole conservative grievance machine and Donald Trump is at the top but like if if your whole business model is out there like this dumb kid at Weber State where like he's going to go out there and act like he's being the victim at this liberal university cuz like you think Weber State University is so liberal like get out of here yeah, bro like off, get bro. out of here like two
1: words Brad Morton said Yeah the
2: president you know Brad is, is I would say at least a moderate if not a right of center guy you know what i mean like this is not like UC Berkeley up there. So stop acting like you're being persecuted for your conservative views. Like, bro, if your opinion is so much better, if conservatism is truly better, then prove it. Like, I'm so over, like, oh, the libs, man. They're such idiots. They're, they, they can't deal with what conservatism really is. Like, then prove it. Roll it out here, bro. Show me how great conservatism is. Because what I'm seeing right now from your party is trash. I got got Kevin McCarthy out here who's, you know, bastion of conservative. I got Ted Cruz, you know, the lion of the conservative movement out here slobbing Trump's knob because, you know, well, that's just what you do. Kiss the ring. Yeah, you got to kiss the ring, right? So thumbs down to all of that, man. Like, it's trash. I hate it. Done.
0: Wow. Thumbs down. See, that's why he goes last. (laughs) Fair. (laughs) All right. We're moving right into the uh, events. Actually, I did want to bring one thing up, though. You reminded me of that Simpsons episode. Remember the Treehouse of Horror, where if you just just don't look,
2: just don't remember. No, no, I don't remember that no. one.
0: And if you don't look, then the the things came alive. The advertisement.
2: No, no. all right, never mind. Watch too much TV. One of those. Do later. you know? You know what's one of my favorite political Treehouse of Horrors? The one where uh, they have the two candidates running is from the '96 yeah, election. Crank, crank, and yeah, then th- they they like take over Bill Clinton and Bob Dole, and then they they stand up there on the stage and they like they come out as aliens. And everyone's like, oh. And he's like, "You have to vote for one of us, (laughs) yeah, because it's a two-party system." And there's Ross
0: Perot. (laughs) He punches his hat. (laughs) (laughs) All right, so Uh, at least you he did watch the same shows. So good. Uh, Okay, moving on to events. Tuesday, November fifth, when this episode drops, is election day in Weber County. Uh, Your local ballot drop box or polling place. Make sure to check uh, Weber weberelections.com for the nearest one uh, by you so that you can vote. Um, if you're not
2: registered to vote at your current address, you can show up with um, an ID and you can register to vote on the spot.
0: Yeah. And you we, can vote. If nothing else for this show that we um, like,
2: oh no. Did, did, oh, that's fine.
0: If for nothing else for this show that we get like three people to vote that didn't vote before, amazing job well done yep. right yeah. that mission accomplished we're on the fucking boat we've got the sign behind us and i'm george bush walking out with my yeah mission accomplished baby uh what was so that? just October 2004 yeah yeah <laughs>
2: <By Barbara. laughs> no nah. little did we know
0: yeah so tuesday november 5th uh also angel castillo's election watch party yep where's that the argo house yeah. what is that
2: uh argo house is uh sort of like a it's a really cool uh, part of the Nine Rails District. It is right next to the Forest Service building, across the street from Kappa. Um, it's like it's supposed oh, to be. it's okay, a, okay. It's a it's a space for artists to you know commercialize, like use their talents in, in a way that they can grow their own businesses. That's cool. That's kind of like the, the mix of like art and business. That's kind of what it's supposed to be. Uh, Angels going to be having a watch party starting at seven thirty um on, on Tuesday, so election day.
0: 7.30 to 10.30. Yep. That's what
2: uh, she got here. I so mean, we're going to gonna watch go later. gonna watch the election results roll in there and That's, just kind of see what's up. Uh, Saturday,
0: November 9th, Weber Democrats kickoff party and fundraiser. This is going to be at the Ogden Golf and Country Club. Classy. Uh, I know. Wow. That sounds way classy. Uh, 4197 Washington Boulevard, 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. What's this for? Kickoff for the, the, the actual 2020 elections, correct? Right, yeah. yeah. And so there'll be a who's who of of Weber County Democrats, right? Yep. Yep. Like Shane Forrester. Shane Forrester is going to be there for sure.
1: Right. Uh, Oscar Mata. Actually, Kingmaker, are you going? Yep. Uh, 50 bucks a ticket? 50 bucks a ticket. I mean, that's uh, reasonable. M3 is sponsoring a table.
0: Nice. You're going to go, Dan? Uh, Well, here's my question. Are there tickets? Yeah. That yes. we could give away?
2: Oh, I don't know if they have any that we could give away. We could ask. Yeah.
0: We should ask. To see if uh um... the thing is it's
2: too late. We we don't have tickets now and <laughs> we can't get <give laughs> Oh yeah,
0: I guess it's Saturday, November 9th. <laughs> yeah, like Nah. No, anyway. I, I don't I don't foresee myself going to this. I it's Weaver County, it's Weaver Democrats. Well, not got... that you know I don't love and live and not that I don't live, but uh, that I don't work. In Weaver County, but
2: move to, to Weaver County, bro. Stop being lazy. I tried, State, I already uh, tried.
1: State Representative Lou Shirtliff will be there. Uh, See
0: who's who of Weaver County Democrats,
1: and even uh, even House Minority Leader Brian King is going to be the keynote speaker. Which, wow.
2: by the way, tell Brian King to text me back. I called him and text him because I want to get him on the show to talk about this tax reform thing. <gasps> oh, you guys he, should juicy.
1: get him on. Yeah, I'm trying on to get Saturday him. Out. Should, we should bum rush him here.
0: I'm I'm Uh, fine with that. I'm fine with that interview. Maybe wrong term. You looked at me funny. I don't know if I can because I got to go
2: to the Weber State football game and then I got to go to work. Kobe, you work too much. Uh,
0: Sunday, November 10th. (laughs) Sunday, November 10th. Is this a joke? Is this a prank right now? Nope. I put it on, dude. Drinking liberally at Brewvies. Yep. Who's what? What 630 to 730. Yep. And this is for... This is for John Miles
2: john miles this is for him this
0: is for him because
2: he was too lazy to actually delete the events so they're still up there shut
0: up dude yep. Shut up.
2: so i'm gonna keep plugging him on the show until he gets <laughs> until off his duff it. and deletes the event or
0: or wait so people it, could just a... come to this
2: they could yeah.
0: yeah i mean seriously if they came this would probably be a thing
2: yeah so come, come on
0: jc peeps let's see make it. it to the end of the episode and come to this Fucking event. <laughs> there you go. Uh, that's the uh, those are the events for the week. Uh, for don't sorry, don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. Um, you can like us on all those things. Uh, join the join the group. Join the community.
2: The Junction City Forum on Facebook. Uh, uh, we've got a Patreon account. Patreon dot slash Junction City Podcast. That will help us support. The new news stuff that we've been working on. Um, we've got. I think Meg's got some pieces planned for this week. Yeah, we've had like three stores out, right? Yeah. Um, Crazy. We've got some. We had to work through some kind of business decisions that will get wrapped up this week, and you'll God. see. An, oh, we, yeah. Good things coming. Yeah, right? you, you'll see an uptick in the number because we'll finally be able to start um, hiring journalists to cover the news and put out good content. So Great. support us on Patreon so that we can make that a reality.
0: Are we gonna? Are we gonna let the JC peeps know? the names that we're kicking around Would for you? things for 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 business, pieces for businesses and stuff
2: oh yeah I, you want to tell them what the name of the, of the corporation is gonna hey, be
0: i thought it was funny i thought I, it was really good I,
2: yeah so uh we're gonna incorporate you know there's gonna be a, a corporation's gonna be called deep state media <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah deep state media that's great uh, i thought it was funny Another God thing I, I got happen. this idea from Brian Schott's podcast, the Utah Policy Podcast, and we should try this. He says if you rate if you rate us on iTunes or whatever place you get your podcast, right uh, and then take a screenshot of it and send it to us Junctioncitypodcast at gmail dot com. We will send you a sticker for your laptop. <gasps> oh so if you do that we 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 still need to get some stickers printed, but if you no, rate, we have those stickers, oh John had some yeah, okay. John had some made already and uh we will send you those stickers. Yeah, we will send you one for your laptop, but you have to rate us on iTunes or whatever so that, uh and then send us the screenshot so we know.
1: Okay. Nice. Well, I, like I that. will be a guaranteed two-star rating. So No. <laughs> <laughs> and don't and don't take our rating. Ouch, five
0: yeah. stars. Five stars. Speaking five of stars, rating,
2: rate us five stars. We're not going to insult you like Shane, so please do. Yeah, that
0: guy doesn't even come to the show anymore. Flame. Yeah,
2: he doesn't. He doesn't listen to the show anyway. So like,
0: <laughs> well, uh, it's like we say every week. All politics is local.